Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here from Charleston, South Carolina, broadcasting live from the Charleston Place Hotel in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. My daughter and I here for the Nikki Haley announcement earlier today. We were there. Rush back, started the show. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Hold your calls until the bottom of this hour, though, if you wouldn't mind, please. So I got over here. And I am, I'm broadcasting from the hotel room and I'm using the Wi-Fi complicated setup. I've got a device. It allows me to transmit the radio signal, uh, via Wi-Fi through the hotel over satellite to all of you. It's actually kind of cool technology, but, uh, it's, it's having problems with the call screening program, uh, with the same Wi-Fi connection in in the, it's, it's a hotel issue. It's in the hotel staff or they're wonderful people. They're working on it, and we will have it resolved here shortly. And then I promise I will take your phone calls. Uh, they 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 tell me it'll be just another little while. So um, while I'm waiting, I I don't want to dwell on the Michigan shooting, and I don't want to give the name of the shooter. But the Washington Free Beacon has a story: the Michigan State shooter had prior felony gun charge dismissed by a progressive prosecutor. Ingham County Prosecutor Carol Simon ended mandatory sentencing for felony firearm charges in the name of racial equity. That's right. Let me read you some of this. A gunman who killed three and wounded five others at Michigan State University on Monday would have been barred from owning a firearm at the time of the shooting had he not had felony gun charges dismissed by a progressive prosecutor. The shooter was charged in June 2019 with illegally carrying a concealed handgun without a permit, but later had those charges dismissed by the office of Ingham County District Attorney Carol Simon, a Democrat. Her office instead let him plead guilty to a lesser misdemeanor gun charge, and he served a little more than a year on probation, which ended May 2021. He initially faced up to five years in prison for the felony charge. Simon retired from the district attorney's office at the start of this year after facing criticism from judges and law enforcement officials for her soft-on-crime policies. The same year that McRae was released, the shooter... Ingham County Sheriff Scott Rigglesworth pushed East Lansing City Council to reconsider her internal felony firearm charging policy, which she said does not hold people properly criminally accountable and increases the likelihood of additional gun violence. Simon made it her office's official policy in August 2021 to drop mandatory prison sentences for felony firearms charges. She said the sentencing enhancement led to dramatic racial inequity and was not in any way linked to the goal that we share of keeping the public safe. Simon is part of, pay attention to this, Simon is part of George Soros' vast public safety network. She has participated in international criminal justice reform junkets with other reform-minded prosecutors like Philadelphia's Larry Krasner, Chicago's Kim Fox, Los Angeles' George Gascon. She also backed radical San Francisco prosecutor Chisa Budin ahead of a recall campaign that ousted him from office. Uh, 
when are we going to stop letting George Soros pick prosecutors? This should be an issue for all of us nationwide. And you know now, if you if you mention George Soros and you're a conservative, you're accused of anti-Semitism, this is what they do. They accuse you of anti-Semitism if you point out George Soros's organizations that he funds have backed these sorts of prosecutors. Let's jump to New York City. In New York City, a man shot up a subway car. Just like the situation in Michigan, he could have been charged with a felony, but the prosecutor decided not to in the name of racial equity. Progressives have overcorrected. I want to side note here. Side note. A relevant side note. I want to talk about marijuana for a minute. There's a lot of data coming out that uh, particularly people under 25 should avoid it like the plague. It's stronger than it was in our parents' generation, and your brain doesn't fully form until 25. And if you regularly engage with marijuana before 25, you have an exponentially higher risk of schizophrenia later in life. That is the science. You can scream about it and complain about it and say it's not true all you want. That's the data. That's the science. But also... I don't, I don't want to rock the apple cart. There are a lot of black men in prison for selling marijuana to a lot of white college kids and white professionals. I know a number of people, all white, who use edibles to help them sleep, to get over pain, to get through the day what have you. And I know multiple white people who use marijuana products who are buying them from younger black men who will go to prison. There's a a, a mass population of young black men in prison for selling rich white kids their drugs. And that strikes me as deeply unfair. That strikes me as deeply unjust. And whether it's it's legalization or crackdown on everyone, I, I, I at this point, you got to recognize that you just got to recognize the discrepancy. If you are a fair person, you've got to be able to recognize that there are a lot of white kids who can get away with stuff a lot of black people can. I, I know a guy who would travel with marijuana. And I, he, he was fairly open about it. I, I, I cannot believe you go through the airport with not just marijuana, but the amount that you carry. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I'm white and professional. They're not going to stop me. There are real injustices. And we need to think about those injustices and how we can correct them. The problem, however is that the left overcorrected too far. And George Soros funded a bunch of left-wing prosecutors who have caused massive crime waves, whether it is in Los Angeles or whether it is in Chicago or whether it is in Philadelphia or whether it is in Michigan. This man, this shooter, this murderer should have been in prison should not have been allowed to buy a gun because he should have been charged with a felony. Instead, this prosecutor in the name of racial equity 
reduced charges such that he was able to then buy a gun later and commit mass murder. This happened in New York with a left-wing prosecutor who decided not to charge a man with a bunch of crimes that he should have been charged with, and he then shot up a subway and killed people. It's never the law and order conservative prosecutor who causes this. It's the left-wing George Soros-funded prosecutors. It's the ones who decide to not to be tough on crime. It's, it's the ones who decide that, that in the name of racial equity, they got to stop doing things that make the country safe. They've overcorrected. And then they scream anti-Semitism when you point out George Soros funded these people, even though he did. They've overcorrected the balance. And in all sincerity, how many more people are going to die so that George Soros feels good about it? Is this part of George Soros and his population control agenda? George Soros is all about climate change. He I'm sure thinks there are too many people on the planet. Is this part of a, a backdoor? Because everything on the left these days tends to go towards population control. They need abortion to reduce the number of people. The the, the climate change activists out there, they're, they're scared to death of too many people on the planet. They, they need birth control. They need abortion. Do we just need mass murderers running the streets to reduce the population? Is this all part of it? They need kids to declare themselves transgender and sterilize themselves so they don't reproduce? Or is, is mass murder part of it, George Soros? Is that part of it, Clemson? No, I, I don't actually think it is. I actually think that they think they mean well. I think they actually think they are doing something for the country. What they're doing, though, is getting a bunch of people killed. In the name of racial equity, people are being murdered. Surely they should be able to recognize the problem, except they're not going to recognize the problem. They're progressives, and they're very wealthy. So this problem doesn't affect them. It affects you, it affects me, it affects these people. It's deteriorating society, and they don't care. And then when you... Call them out. They accuse you of racism. They accuse you of anti-Semitism. Three people are dead. Five wounded at Michigan State University. None of that should have happened. It happened not because of out-of-control gun laws. It happened not because of access to assault weapons. It happened... Because a man who could have been put in prison was not put in prison because a liberal, progressive prosecutor decided in the name of racial equity he should not be charged with a felony for gun ownership. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not. This may be new information for you. But I want you to know, gun crimes are not the same as a DUI. They're not the same as marijuana possession, and they shouldn't be treated the same way by prosecutors, even if George Soros funded them. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him Bull and Branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough he doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. 
We got him Bolin Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bolin Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress, too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't, like, bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. So the, the phone line situation is fixed. Uh, if you want to call in, I will take your calls beginning at the bottom of the hour, 877-973-7425. My sincere thanks to the staff here at the Charleston Place for being able to figure out technically what was going on that I was being blocked in in getting into the call screening program remotely. But they figured it out on their end. Uh, it was their system. So thank you. I, I want to play some audio real quick before we take phone calls. I want to play this from Tiger Woods. He was interviewed uh, by a reporter. The reporter's name is Kevin Van Valkenburg. He's at the Genesis Invitational. Uh, There's a method to my madness here. Listen to Tiger Woods. Tiger, you referenced Arnie and Gary playing 50-plus Masters. Is there any part of your competitive DNA that would allow you to enjoy? I'm not playing that many. Sorry. But like I'm sorry. is in tournament golf, is there yeah. you know, you do reference like the history of the game and mm-hmm. the celebration people. If you're sixty and you don't wake up with the irrational belief I could win this tournament, could you still enjoy any of it? I I I don't I have not come around to the idea of being if if I'm if I'm playing, I'm playing to win. Okay. I, I know that players have played and they are ambassador of the game and trying to grow the game. I I, I can't have my mind. I can't wrap my mind around that uh, as as a competitor. If I'm if I'm playing in the event, I'm I'm going to try and beat you. Um, I'm there to get a W. Okay, so I, I don't understand that making a cut's a great thing. Um, I, if I enter the event, uh, it's always to to get a W. And I, there there will come a point in time when my body will not allow me to do that anymore. And it's probably sooner than later. Um, but wrapping my head around that 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 transition and being an ambassador role and just playing and just trying to be out here with the guys, no, that's not in my DNA. Um, ambassador role and hosting events like this and hosting the, the Genesis Invitational um, or Hero and doing those type of things, I, I totally get it. Uh, but as a player, you know, I flip the hat around and become a player. Um, from a player standpoint, it, yeah, I'm, I'm here to get that W. I just I wanted to play this clip. I saw it late last night. The level of self-awareness from Tiger Woods that he wouldn't enjoy it. He couldn't do it. He doesn't think his body could last. He's just not going to keep trying to play. If he's playing, he's playing to win. And if he physically doesn't think he's able to play to win, he can't. He, he can be an ambassador for the sport, but he's not going to play like Arnold Palmer played. I bring that up because Diane Feinstein 
has been in the Senate since 1992. She's 89 years old. Late yesterday, after I was going off air, she announced that she's done. She's retiring. She's not going to run in 2024. Confronted by a left-wing site that doesn't like her afterwards, she had no memory of releasing the statement. Behind the scenes in the Senate, they say she, she doesn't have Alzheimer's, but she's struggling with dementia. And her entire existence relates to the Senate. She she probably will be one of those people who, when she leaves office at the end of 2024, die pretty quickly because it's the only thing that's keeping her going. And it's sad. And I don't care for the woman or her politics, but she's been committed to the people of California in her service. Of them. And, and whether I agree with her values or not, she represented California pretty precisely in the Senate and good for her for doing that. But the lack of self-awareness of some of these people in politics who believe themselves indispensable people and who cannot let it go, who lack the self-awareness of a Tiger Woods to say, I can't get wind anymore. I'm not physically able. It's time to leave. They leave and it's too late. And that's sad. What is not sad, what is actually a good thing is the President's Day sale at Omaha Steaks. If you go to omahasteaks.com, don't you love my transitions? Go to omahasteaks.com and put Eric in as your promo code at checkout. You get $30 off minimum order applies. It's omahasteaks.com that you want to go to, and you want to put Eric in, E-R-I-C-K, as a promo code at checkout. Delicious offerings, fantastic value. They've been doing this since 1917. You get 100% satisfaction guarantee. Um, a, a, a listener, oh gosh, now i got to jump into my email here. A listener sent me a picture, James... He made his Valentine's meal from Omaha Steaks. It looked incredible. He added steamed asparagus with sautéed mushrooms and tomatoes plus dilled uh, bullet carrots. It, it looked incredible. But the steak from Omaha Steaks, he and his significant other loved it. You will love it too. Go to omahasteaks.com. Put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in as your promo code at checkout. You will get an extra $30 off at Omaha Steaks. Take advantage of their President's Day savings right now, omahasteaks.com. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here from the Charleston Place Hotel in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we've been here for the Nikki Haley event. We'll be going to some of the others as well, broadcasting from those presidential announcements. We'll have uh, Ambassador Haley now. I always call her Governor Haley on the show, along with the other candidates as they announce. Real quick, though, I, I want to play some audio for you. This is from Tiger Woods. Uh, he was interviewed, uh, credit where to do, Kevin Van Valkenburg asked the question. And I want you to listen to the question and the answer. It's a little low, but just listen. Tiger, you referenced Arnie and Gary playing 50-plus Masters. Is there any part of It gets louder when Tiger talks to the microphone. Nope. Allow you to enjoy. Nope. I'm not playing that many. Sorry. But like I'm sorry. Is in tournament golf, is there yeah. you know, you you <clears throat> reference like the history of the game and uh -huh. the celebration people. If you're sixty and you don't wake up with the irrational belief I can win this tournament, could you still enjoy any of it? I I I don't I have not come around to the idea of being if I if I'm if I'm playing, I'm playing to win. Okay. I know that players have played and they are ambassador of the game and trying to grow the game. I, I, I can't have my mind. I can't wrap my mind around that uh, as as a competitor. If I'm if I'm playing in the event, I'm I'm going to try and beat you. Um, I'm there to get a W. Okay, so I, I don't understand that making a cut's a great thing. Um, 
if I enter the event, uh, it's always to, to get a W. And I, there, there will come a point in time when my body will not allow me to do that anymore. And it's probably sooner than later. I, I, I don't want to belabor the point here. But the reason I play that is Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, 89 years old, has been in the United States Senate since 1992. She became the mayor of San Francisco uh, after gun violence. Uh, she fell into the position, was able to win re-election. She, she's, she's actually, I may disagree with Dianne Feinstein on many, many things, but she has ably represented the people of California and the people of California's values, even as they don't share my values. And she should be commended for being one of those leaders who actually represents the people of her state by sharing their values, even as some of the very progressive woke ones have tried to push her out of her job. She is 89 years old, and her colleagues in the Senate say very openly now she is struggling with dementia. She doesn't remember conversations she has had. She sometimes gets lost in the building. It's, it's a sad thing to see. She released a statement saying she would not seek re-election, and then when confronted by a left-wing political website that doesn't like her because she's not progressive enough, she had apparently no recollection that her staff sent out the statement or they did it without her knowledge, and she said she wasn't declaring anything about the future at any time soon. We need more people like Tiger Woods in politics. People who are aware of their limitations, are aware of their body, are they're in it to win it. They're in it to get something. They're not just in it to warm the chair. They're not just in it for the good time. They're not just in it because this is what they do. They're actually, they have a goal, and that goal is to win. And when they can't win anymore, when their body is giving out, they decide, okay, it's it's time to it's time to step back. I can be an ambassador to the game. I, I can represent the sport without trying to win, without having to get into the competition. I wish there were more people self-aware like that. And, you know, I, I kind of honestly go back to the Tom Brady stuff. He got out, and then he gets back in, has a disastrous season, and one season jumps back into the game, and, and now he's out again, and he had a bad season. And you know part of Tom Brady, and part of the counsel he was getting from others is, it was just a bad year, it's not you, go back, do it one more time. And there's always that fear that creeps in of, Maybe it is him. Maybe he is too old. Maybe one bad season becomes two bad seasons. It's nice to have people who are self-aware. I wish more of our politicians were. One of the lines Nikki Haley used on stage a short time ago was that we can't win the 21st century with the politicians of the 20th century. Joe Biden has been on stage for 50 years some odd years now. He can't let go. He can't stop governing. He can't stop trying to be a politician. And it's time to retire. It's time to let a new generation of Americans rise up. The The old guard just can't bring themselves to retire, and they need to. They need to. I want to thank the uh, team here at the Charleston Place Hotel. They've been able to figure out the technical problem. Um, it, it, the weird use of their Wi-Fi issue, I could get my I get my calling access program to, to connect to the station online, and I couldn't get to the call screening program, and they were able to figure out the hiccup. So phone lines are now open. You can call in 877-973-7425 if you want to be a part of the program. There's more we now know 
and I need you to listen to me on this one. I, I, I got, I, I got to dive a little deeper than maybe I normally would on a particular topic, but I, I want to first play you some quick audio. This is from a little bit from CBS News. Back here in Washington, there is breaking news tonight on that Chinese spy balloon. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the White House. So, Nancy, they were watching this from the beginning? They were, Nora, and what they saw was this balloon heading east from China towards Guam and Hawaii. But then it took a sharp northward turn, a beeline towards Alaska. They also revealed today that the three subsequent objects they shot down probably were not involved in spying. The three objects shot down this weekend may have been harmless research balloons. That's now a leading theory for the intelligence community. There's strong consideration that these uh, objects are indeed benign. They won't know for sure until they find the debris. They're in very difficult terrain. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff described the challenge. One object came down in the Arctic Circle, where it's minus 40 degrees. The second came down in a hard-to-reach part of the Canadian Rockies. And the third plunged into Lake Huron, a couple of hundred feet deep. We'll get them eventually, but it's going to take some time to recover those. Okay. There's also the Washington Post. The Washington Post has the story. And again, I need you to follow along with me here. Try Make sure you're firing on all, all synapses. Let, let, let me be your conservative Sherpa through this. By the time a Chinese spy balloon crossed into American airspace late last month, U.S. military and intelligence agencies had been tracking it for nearly a week. U.S. monitors watched as the balloon settled into a flight pattern that would have appeared to take it over Guam. But somewhere along the easterly route, the craft took an unexpected northern turn, according to U.S. officials who said the analysts are now examining the possibility the Chinese did not intend to penetrate the American heartland with its airborne surveillance device. The balloon floated over Alaska's Aleutian Islands, thousands of miles away from Guam, drifted over Canada, where it encountered strong winds that pushed it south into the United States. This new account suggests that the ensuing international crisis that has ratcheted up tensions may have at least partly been the result of a mistake. Meanwhile, the White House said on Tuesday three other objects shot down over the North America in the last week uh, may oppose no national security threat. Key paragraphs here, key paragraphs. You, uh, pay attention here. Uh, this is where I want to draw your attention. These two paragraphs. The People's Liberation Army has sent spy balloons over Guam before, as well as Hawaii, to monitor U.S. military installations. But the days-long flyover of the continental United States was novel, and it sparked confusion inside the Chinese government as diplomats scrambled to disseminate a cover story that the balloon had been blown off course while it was collecting innocuous meteorological data. The Fuhrer caught Beijing on its back foot. Initially, it expressed regrets over what it insisted was a wayward weather balloon. Then it shifted to criticizing Washington for saying it was overreacting, and this week accused the U.S. of sending 10 spy balloons. The White House has strongly denied the claim. 
U.S. intelligence and military agencies tracking the balloon as it launched from Hainan Island. Intelligence analysts are unsure whether the apparent diversion was intentional or accidental, but are confident it was intended for surveillance, most likely over U.S. military installations in the Pacific. Two things to draw your attention to. Going to reread a key paragraph. The People's Liberation Army has sent spy balloons over Guam before, as well as Hawaii, to monitor U.S. military installations, officials have said. But the days-long flyover of the continental United States was novel, and it sparked confusion inside the Chinese government as diplomats scrambled to disseminate a cover story that the balloon had been blown off course while it was collecting innocuous meteorological data. This paragraph caught my eye for a couple of reasons. One, they said it happened under Trump. They said these balloons have come over under Trump. Now they're saying it's novel. The days long fly over the United States was, was novel. They, they told us this happened with Donald Trump. They said it happened under the Trump administration to deflect blame from Joe Biden for not shooting it down. And now, after everybody's had that baked in, now they're saying it was novel. This, this actually hadn't happened before. Over Hawaii, yes, which we knew, but not over the, the, not over the continental United States. But there's actually something beyond politics. It sparked confusion inside the Chinese government as diplomats scrambled to disseminate a cover story. When we engage on the Ukraine, when we have information about Ukraine, multiple media reports tell us what people inside the Kremlin are thinking. They tell us what people close to Vladimir Putin are thinking. They tell us Putin's reactions. They talk about the, the, those closest to his advisors, the, the core competencies of those advisors. We're not getting that here. We're, we're getting something from the diplomatic corps. We're, we're getting... Uh, intelligence from inside the governmental diplomatic corps of China. We're not getting anything out of President Xi's office. We're not getting what people close to Xi think. We're not getting what the people in the military, the Chinese military think. Now, maybe we have sources there, but it has long been suggested, including in American newspapers like the New York Times and the Washington Post, we do not have as proficient a uh, intelligence collection from people on the ground in China that we do Russia. And this seems to confirm that in my mind. We don't have anything about how the Chinese military thought about it. We don't have anything about how the Chinese president thought about it. We don't have anything about how those close to the Chinese president or those close to the Chinese military command thought we have this. It sparked confusion inside the government as diplomats scrambled to disseminate a cover story. So we've got spies in China, but it doesn't appear we have them at a high level. It does not appear that we have the intelligence collection capabilities in China that we have in Russia. It also appears they lied about the Trump administration to deflect 
They lied about Trump and about balloons, allowing the media to push back. And only now, a week later, will they say, eh, this was novel. This was a first. But also, they monitored this since its launch. So now, well, let's just put this in perspective. If they monitored this from its launch, they were watching these, they knew about these, they should therefore pretty definitively be able to say these others were not Chinese. And in fact, the growing body of evidence is that these were not Chinese, that they were potentially research balloons, that they were in fact carrying uh, instruments that were not the same as the surveillance instruments of the Chinese. They could have been uh, corporate devices. They could have been nonprofit devices. They could have been a lot of things, not Chinese. They could have been. They should be the government more open about all of it, what we know and don't know. But if they saw one giant surveillance balloon take off from China, they should have seen the others if they were Chinese. Should they not have? If they couldn't, why not? Do we not have complete coverage? I mean, I realize satellites orbit around the planet, and so sometimes the satellite is on the other part of the globe, but part of the whole purpose of the intelligence gathering of our satellites is particularly with China and Russia, we have eyeballs on them at all times. We have multiple satellites looking in uh, orbit so that we can constantly have surveillance. Now, I, I don't believe that we have launched these balloons over China. I, I don't. Maybe we did, but I'm not going to take China's word for it any more than I'm going to take Seymour Hersh's word that we blew up a pipeline for Russia. By the way, on that, I've gotten emails from people saying that, listen, I, I, I'm going to put this frankly. We, this administration, not we, them, Biden, Biden dithered over blowing up a Chinese spy balloon. Biden dithered over giving the Ukrainians advanced weaponry. Do you really believe that a government administration that dithers over blowing up a Chinese spy balloon and giving advanced weapons to Ukraine had the testicular fortitude to blow up a pipeline? Do you really believe that? I don't. I, I, I flat out do not believe that an administration that would dither over balloons and weapons would have the gumption to blow up a pipeline. But it, it's just interesting to me that at the military and governmental levels in China, we apparently don't have the human intelligence capabilities that we have with the Russians. I mean, you know how it goes with the Russians. We get these stories all the time that uh, people in Russia, people familiar with Mr. Putin's thinking, people close to Mr. Putin say, this happened in a meeting. X, Y, and Z was said in a meeting with Vladimir Putin. We know these things. These, these people are close to us. We don't have that with President Xi that we know it. Maybe we do, and they're not telling us. But if they're willing to tell us about Russia, you would think they'd be willing to tell us somewhat about China. We don't even get the vagaries of people with direct knowledge from President Xi's office, people with direct knowledge from the General Secretary's office, people with direct knowledge from the command of the PLA's officers, we don't get that with the Chinese. We get it with the Russians. And if they're willing to talk about it with the Russians, they would be willing to talk about it with the Chinese, I would think, except they're not, which suggests we don't have that intelligence capability. And that's not a Joe Biden issue. That's a bipartisan issue. That is a, a federal governmental issue. 
That's not a partisan. I don't want anybody to hear me say it's a partisan issue that we don't have spies in in President Xi's office. No, this is this goes beyond one president. It takes a while to acquire them. It takes a while to grow them, and we don't have them, and that's a problem. But it's also a problem that they went out of their way to say that this all happened when Donald Trump was president, and now they're saying no, it didn't. They lied, and the media hasn't gone back to point out that, oh, they've changed their story on this. It's what you expect. This is why nobody trusts the media anymore. I want you to trust Advantage Gold. They're TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. Advantage Gold has the best prices, the best staff, the best IRA department in the country. They can help you protect your retirement account with precious metals today. They want to give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know. Call them at 800-450-2566 today. They're amazing. They can answer your questions. Look, they answered my questions. I know a lot of you have answers about precious metals. I know you have answers. Some of you are you're very self-directed. You don't want to rely on a financial advisor. You want to do it yourself. This is for you. You want to do it yourself, but you want good advice from people who know how to use gold. Call Advantage Gold. They can answer your questions. No gimmicks. No gimmicks at all. Uh, thousands of retirees are safeguarding their retirement with gold. They're doing it with people like Advantage Gold. Best in the business. Seven years in a row. TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company. 800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. With the topsy-turvy of the stock market, inflation not going away. In fact, going back up. Maybe they can help you use gold in your investment strategies. 800-450-2566 is the number. 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you are in charge of the finances of a business and banks are giving you a hard time uh, going around in circles with you, First Liberty might be able to get you to yes, where banks are saying no. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, growing a franchise, expanding a franchise, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. All right, we got to move on to the things. I, I just... Can I, I, I want to aside real quick. I'm just kind of shocked. Like I, I knew there was a rabid small fringe of people, but I'm kind of stunned at the number of people who are really invested in the idea of aliens. Uh, that they are really invested in the idea that these balloons are aliens, that, that, that aliens are among us that, I mean, people are really invested into aliens, y'all. Now, I realize there are a lot of people who believe a lot of crazy things. I mean, there are lots of crazy things out there people believe in. But uh, aliens, um, they they traveled faster than light. Or maybe they traveled on ships we haven't detected with all of our technology, sailing through the universe quietly, slowly, multiple generations upon generations to get here. And they don't want to say hi. They just want to blend in. They want to send over balloons, and and they want to probe us. Really, really. Like I actually, I mean, if if you want to go all out, there's greater evidence for a lot like angels and demons than there are for the little green men floating around. I, I mean, the the things of the unseen realm and all of that stuff. As 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 uh, religious people believe, as opposed to aliens who would have invented a, a faster-than-light technology to get here 
and hang out with us and get shot down by a Sidewinder missile. I don't, there's just this, this growing body of people who want to believe in conspiracy theories. And I'll tell you, I saw an interesting thread uh, by a book editor on Twitter. And it's actually, in my mind, rather interesting. It's it's a, a interesting concept that as institutions in this country have been so overtaken by the left, the right no longer trusts the institutions and reacts in the opposite of the ways that institutions believe you should operate because the right doesn't believe the institutions anymore. They're taken over by the left. But meanwhile, as, as corporate institutions are taken over by the left, the socioeconomic statuses of people have not changed. Therefore, the left no longer believes in the institutions either. The left has captured the business institutions of America, even as conservatives have potentially captured the politically elected institutions of America while losing the unelected bureaucratic institutions of America. And nobody's life has gotten better one way or the other. So the left is trusted all because their vision of what could be accomplished by taking over these things doesn't work. The right doesn't trust anything because they see that the left has taken over all of these things. The woke corporations of America trying to make our lives miserable. And yet those woke corporations haven't given up on capitalism, so the left is miserable. And so nobody nobody believes anything. As a result, they believe the conspiracy theories. They believe the nutcases. They believe the loons. And, you know, the other thing is uh, because the elite are so tied in with the institutional bureaucracy that anything that comes out of Davos or among the elite the people on the right are like, oh, this is what they're going to do. It's the Great Reset. This is what they want to do. They're, they're going to force us all to become Soylent Green. When really the elite are failing spectacularly, they're, they're not able to accomplish their goals, and yet the conspiracy theorists are among us, spreading out across America. All right, your phone calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. Give you a little more reaction to the events of the day here in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, preview the next announcements to come. Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, when might they come?